Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, my friend. I hope that you are doing so, so well, and I hope that you're having a wonderful start to your week. Today, we are talking all things building community online. I really believe that now more than ever, we need to be really intentional with how we build connection and community with our dream clients and with our existing clients. So one thing that I've found now that we do group programs, now that we are really, we're not doing any one-on-one, we're just doing group programs and courses, we've realized that in order for people to feel connected, it actually just doesn't happen on accident. We need to be really intentional. And so in today's conversation, I've brought in the group's expert and his name is Ryan Bowles and he is a, he runs a program called the Profitable Group Academy. And what Ryan does is he and his team, they're on a mission to help coaches get more clients online and build strong communities so that their clients stay, pay and play for longer. And so I thought it would be awesome to pick Ryan's brain and figure out why we need community and how we can build it in a way that feels authentic, that feels sustainable. And I really wanted to learn from him what mistakes we should be avoiding and simple steps to kickstart a Facebook group or an online community from zero. So if you want to create online courses, online programs, if you want to create a membership, then you are going to love this conversation. So let's dive in to my chat with the wonderful Ryan Bowles. Ryan, my friend, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. You are joining me right now and you are, it looks very picturesque where you are. You are on the Sunshine Coast having a glorious time. At least it it looks like that. Um, How the heck are you? What have you been up to today? Just tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. I've got to say glorious. That's the key word of today's episode. Yes, um, it is. Because it is right behind us is like the Glasshouse Mountains on the Sunshine Coast. Um, we're up here sort of two nights, th- two days kind of thing. We're batching content, funnily enough, um, an idea that you're very bullish on. And I've got my wife here and one of my best friends, Jethro. Uh, we're sort of masterminding, filming, and just having a ton of fun. So that's been our last 24 hours and we've got 24 more to go. Oh, it's the best. It's the best content batching. Once you once you kind of commit to do it, it's like you'll never go back. It's honestly a game changer. Ryan, I'm so excited to talk about your business and to chat with you today specifically about building community because this is kind of one thing that I feel like you are so amazing at. You've you've got this really amazing way to start conversations with your community, whether they're in your paid programs or whether they are just in your audience at large. And so I really wanted to dive into how you've built that community. But before we do that, can you give us like a 60 second snapshot of what you do and how you kind of started your business? Sure. Hopefully I'll go under 60 because that's what we've been practicing today with our, our shorts <laughs> filming. Um, here's the here's the 59 second backstory. Coming out of school, didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew was that there was a better way to leverage my time to make money and grow wealth. And to get to that point of finally, I'm not there yet, but figuring it out, um, I had to go the long way around, um, which was personal training. Uh, I joined Amway twice. Um, I created an e-commerce brand and hired a coach to help me sell $2 trinkets. I started my own personal brand and designed and manufactured sunglasses and watches and traveled back and forth from China for that business and sold that. I started a metal band and uh, we wrote music and toured the world for six years and signed to Sony Music and that's where I learned um, my skills in marketing. Um, I grew a graphic design business because I couldn't hold down a job while in a band And then finally, I read a book called Expert Secrets in 2017 and leveraged the skills that I had in graphic design to teach other creatives how to get clients up their prices and grow a profitable business, which was my first online course. Um, I sort of grew out of that niche, so to speak, and then found myself um, passionately serving coaches 
to build communities that are profitable, that they can then serve more people, impact the people they were put on this earth to serve um, and have fun doing it. And so that brings us up to February or we're March today, March 2023. That's the, the quick backstory. I love that. Ryan, I didn't know that you were in a band that toured around because I was in a tour, like I was in a family band and we did. You were? Yeah, we toured. I know your husband was, but I didn't know you were as well. Yeah, no, I was. And so I was in a band with my three sisters and um, two of my sisters, their husbands were also in the band. So it was like a proper family like folk country awesome. band. So we we did country music festivals, we did South by Southwest, we did all these things. And oh, no similarly, way. well, the same as you, I remember distinctly, I was like, I'm going to be a full-time musician. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And like, that wasn't very, you know, it, that I quickly realized that was a very, very long, <laughs> difficult path. And not that glamorous. And so I started for the band, I would do the Instagram and I would do the, I remember one time I just like redesigned the yeah. website in like 24 hours. Cause I was like, Oh, it could look heaps better. And that's when I like, that was the first website I designed was the one for our band. <laughs> so that's Crazy. so good. How good. I think, I think most, yeah, I didn't know that. That's so cool. And um, we didn't get to play <laughs> South by Southwest. So I'm a bit jealous. But um, I don't know if it was the same for you. We just didn't have the funds or want to pay somebody to design stuff for us, yeah. like T-shirts, posters, album artwork, yeah. all of those things. And so um, I got my YouTube degree. That's what I call it. Um, learning how to <laughs> yeah. use Photoshop and create all of our designs. So that's where that started. I'm glad it happened that way too. Yeah, but this was before Canva. So we didn't have oh, like simple... We didn't have simple Canva stuff, right? Like I was the same as you. I was like fiddling around in, in Adobe Illustrator, kind of fumbling my way through and it was out Seriously. of necessity. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Canva, Canva is a game changer. The te- like just creating <laughs> oh templates. Uh, you put your touch on them, then your team can just run them off. It's phenomenal. It's yeah. It's the best, but we had to get really scrappy. Um, <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. so you've you've done many things and you've kind of arrived at this place now where you help coaches to really build, get more clients, build really beautiful, epic communities. And so I want to get your take on the community side of things because my experience now running a business and running coaching programs and courses and things is that people seem to be craving community more than ever. And I don't know if it's the post pandemic. Yeah. I I don't know if it's post COVID or post pandemic lockdowns, whatever, but I wanted to hear your take. Why do you think that is the case? Like, why do you think community is something we as business owners need to be prioritizing now? Because business is hard, like that's why. Um, business is hard and doing <laughs> yes. it alone sucks. Um, there's more anxiety, depression, sadness, uh, worry, doubt, fear, uncertainty now than there ever was before. And if you're trying to manage all of that in your own mind alone, you're going to fail. Um, I don't know anyone successful who's done the journey alone. And there's plenty of quotes and sayings out there. You know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, But it's also boring, Mm. like doing something alone for long periods of time for the most, you know, most of the population is quite boring. I don't think we were built uh, to be alone. I don't think we were created to be alone. And so I think that's why there's a natural uh, tendency to crave community. And we all know what it feels like to be in good community. We all know what it feels like to mm. be in crappy community. Um, and I know which one I would prefer. Therefore, I know which one I would prefer create for my people. Yeah. And, and I think it's a funny thing that people use and like, I'll use the example of like a Facebook group or community, you know, if they're selling a course, they'll be like, you know, we have a community, we have this Facebook group. But so often you could hardly really call it a community. It's like a, it's kind of totally. just a. It's more of a pitch fest or a sales page or a, yeah. Yeah, or a news board or 
um, yeah, it's like one of those community boards that sit in shopping centers that have got like, you know, seven-year-old notes, you know, stuck on them with people's yeah. phone numbers asking, you know, to call this number if you want a lesson. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's because um, maybe one, people haven't experienced what good community or great community is like online. Um, mm. Two, they probably treat it like they've treated social media in the past, like their Instagram newsfeed or their Facebook newsfeed or LinkedIn or what have you. Um, you know, all of those platforms when you're posting content on them are generally a one-way conversation. So you'll mm, post out yeah. a message and the audience receives that. Sometimes there's some dialogue in the comments, but generally it's only, you know, myself and yourself that might chat. It's not you talking then to the rest of my audience and, and getting to know them or learning from them. And so that's where I think when you mix that old framework with a Facebook group, you get what's pretty common currently in the market, which is just not genuine community or helpful or serving Mm. Um, all of those things sort of compound into a pretty messy um, situation. Yeah, or as the facilitator of, of a, you know, even of a Facebook group or potentially even just when you're posting your own content, you are trying to elicit conversation and, and, and engage people, but it's just not working. And I think there's such an art form to creating a space where people want to engage in conversation and equally they want to contribute because it's all well and good for you to be the one that posts and posts and posts and, and shares things and and reaches out and and drives the thing but I think it's really special when a community becomes this actually we we contribute um, and it becomes a better space when we all contribute how how do you think as leaders and and I'm particularly thinking online communities, but I'm sure that you could apply this to sure. teams and, and face-to-face things as well. Yeah, but well, if we're thinking online communities, how do we go about setting a culture where people engage and contribute? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what you mentioned there, you know, we're talking about maybe online communities for the most part. But for people that maybe aren't familiar with running online communities or have been doing it and being a bit disheartened, I think the easiest way to think about it is think about those in-person communities that you're a part of, whether that's like a sports club and a team, whether that's your local church, whether that's like a mum's group, um, whether that's like a school community that you're a part of that your kids are at. Um, think about those in-person communities and what makes them special. You know, do you just show up and just consume from those communities all the time or do you show up and contribute? Uh, are you doing more one than the other or is there a balance? Are there things that yeah. get celebrated in those communities? Uh, is there support that's given? Um, are there questions? You know, are there challenges? So when you think about it from an in-person standpoint, it's much more easier than to transpose to an online. And so, for example, on the weekend, on Sunday, we had a bunch of our what we call a home group, um, part of our church, people in our home. And, you know, people brought food to the, the group. People brought um, questions. People brought experience with them. Uh, so there were things that people brought with them that they offered to the, the rest of the crew that were with us that made that a valuable portion of time worth yeah. investing in. So, you know, I don't. our goal is not for people to show up and leave and go, my time was actually worse spent being here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could have done so many other things. And that's probably the lens that people listening need to put on when creating an online community. It's like, is your audience better off being somewhere else doing anything else rather than looking at your content? Or is there something of value there mm. worth conversing or engaging uh, or reaching out about? So they're just some of like maybe the, the fire starter um, conversations or thoughts for people listening along to think through because um, yeah. when you compare in person and online, they can be vastly different. Yeah, and I think that idea of treating your online community or your community in general, whether it's online, whether it's face-to-face, -face, like someone's coming to your lounge room and coming around for dinner or whatever it is, coming around for a cup of tea or a coffee, that generally 
you don't come empty handed when you arrive at someone's house. Like I, I guess yeah. the polite thing is to come feel, with something. You feel crap. When you do, yeah, when everyone else has brought something and you haven't, you're like, damn it, I knew I should have brought something, totally. Yeah, or maybe you're like, I'll I'll help you, like, clean up the dishes or something. Or, like, you know, there's a a contribution that happens when it's face-to-face and it's interesting to think that for whatever reason online, we can, you know, whether we're leading communities or whether we're just part of Facebook communities or whatever or memberships or whatever it's easy for us to take a back seat and and stop contributing but just keep consuming and so I think that's such a challenge for anyone even if you're in other communities to not just if you are running that community you would want people to show up like with something like to contribute and and so I think it's such a challenge even for myself I think about the communities I'm in I'm like I probably should contribute a little bit more so that it's not well, just... Well, yeah, you're, you're right on the money. The, yeah. the thought there, you're right on it, is like be the perfect client that you always dream of having. Like be yes. the perfect client for other people's communities. If you're a client in someone's community, just be the perfect client that you would love to attract for yourself. Yeah. Um, that's probably the number one thought you know, that you yeah. can take away from this example. It's like yeah. just show up and contribute. Um, and what does that contribution look like? Is that just supporting another member in the program that you might be in? Uh, is that sharing a, a piece of knowledge or expertise or wisdom or a new hack or a tool? Mm. Uh, is it just engaging on a Zoom call, you know, when your coach or whoever is leading you says, hey, share something in the chat. You don't just sit there arms crossed. You actually lean in. And your engagement lifts the yeah. energy of the room, you know, you influence others. So there's a number of different ways. And I think some are cheaper to invest in, which might just be a simple comment in a chat. Some are more uh, expensive to invest in, which might be thinking about something to share that's helpful to everybody else. Mm. Um, but balance those out and just ask yourself the question is like, have I shown up as a great client? Yeah. My coach yeah. in the last week or two weeks. Oh, that's such a good, that's such a good thought. So for anyone who is like more and more people that I speak with, more and more of our clients as well are going, all right, I want to stop trading my time for money. I want to build some sort of online offer, whether that's a course, whether it's a membership, whether it's a year long group coaching program or whatever it is. As part of that offer, there is generally a community aspect where there's a Facebook group or maybe they have a membership platform or whatever. What do you think are the biggest mistakes people make when they set out to create a community online as part of their paid offer? Oh, that is a great question. Um, some of the biggest mistakes. I would say expectations, getting them wrong. Yeah. And so setting an expectation that your clients are just going to lean in they're going to commune with each other. They're going to share words of wisdom. They're going to drop gold. They're going to support one another. That expectation is probably the biggest mistake you can ever make. Uh, <laughs> and that flows on to many other areas in life. Uh, so if that's, your, if that's the way you're thinking currently, you've got to cut that out. Um, mm. Culture isn't just something that you get lucky with. Culture is created. And so I would say on the back end of that, it's about the behind the scenes with um, you know each of your clients. Maybe you've only got five clients. Maybe you've got 50, maybe you've got 500. But it's about encouraging them to partake in the larger body of people, whether that's sharing a mm. question or a pain point and asking for help from everybody or whether that's lending you know an ear or a word of wisdom for somebody else and it's pulling people in. So the first mistake would be expectations and setting them up wrong. Um, the second would be thinking that uh, you're on the throne when really you should, as a leader, be behind everybody encouraging them. So leading, mm. I think, doesn't, you know, you don't sit at the top. I think you're at the back pushing the pack forward. And so um, that would be probably to get a bit more deeper. It's like getting vulnerable with your clientele and leading the way in that regard, yeah. things that maybe you're challenged by, you struggle with. Um, problems that you face still day to day and not being in the know-it-all or the perfectionist, those sorts of things. That would probably be uh, mistake number two. 
Um, mistake number three would probably be maybe asking too much of your clients. And so you've got to gauge how big your clientele or community is. Uh, like I said, if you've got a small community of five to maybe like you know 30 people, um, the way that you address them and ask questions of them is going to be different from maybe having 300 or more mm. clientele in a you know a cohort or a program because when it's smaller it's going to be much more personal you're going to want to spend more time with each person versus 300 people and maybe the cadence of questions or things that you ask inside of that community will change as well uh, on a larger community you might have to, you might ask less because the conversations will be longer and in a smaller community you might ask more to get a broader uh, broader buy-in from a lesser group of people. But you do have to gauge that one yourself uh, and also just be, and this is probably just an aside, um, be willing to change what's not working. So if it's not working, cut it and change it. Yeah. So I think that's really good, the mistakes of the expectations, the actual culture that you're setting and you actually not being above everyone else, but you actually being in in amongst all your clients, cheering them on and and leading them and guiding them and and challenging them as you go. How does someone scale the the personal element or the the personalized part of community? Is is it that you hire a community manager? Is this something that someone could ever outsource, or is this something that you know, as the leader, you've got to be on the ground doing this. Oh, that's so good. I don't know. If, I wonder if there is any outsourced community management companies. I'm a, I mean, the fact that we've thought of that or you've thought of it, it probably is. That's quite an interesting <laughs> one. Um, I, the what my personal viewpoint is like, I would never want to be too far removed from my people because they're my people. Yeah. And so, yeah if I've got a genuine love, care and concern for my clients, I want to remain fairly close to them or as close as I possibly can. You know, I want to, I want to be with them uh, in the challenge, you know, and then also, you know, in the valley and also on the, the mountain. Um, mm. In terms of strategically building that community, um, we've recently just adopted an idea from a guy who's in a coaching program that I'm a part of and it's to bring in sort of this idea of captains within our own program. So they're clients that have, you know, shown results in either their business or they're great with people or they've been naturally supportive along the way and just asking them if they've got further capacity to support on a little bit more of a structured level um, that guides and supports and cheers on people with us. Yes. And so that way we're able to catch maybe some of the, the questions or the challenges when I'm asleep and they're awake or when I'm on a podcast and not, you know, with our group and we're not there 24 seven. Yeah. So that's been a simple way for us. That's been really nice. Um, and just brought a cool vibe to the rest of the group, um, abroad. Yeah. And because it can start to feel like as the, as the person kind of driving the engagement that you kind of do get a little bit I know in my Facebook groups I don't want to be the one who's always posting in there because then it starts to feel like is she sure. just talking to herself <laughs> like who's even listening you know sure. <laughs> so yeah. I like that idea of having other people coming in and uh adding value to your audience and to your community in that way I think that's a really cool idea and I think there's a few ways you can do it, right? Like uh, it can be as simple as just knowing that this person has got some skills and when that question pops up in the group, I'm just going to tag them in and just say, hey, what's your thoughts on this yeah. before I ever give my thoughts? You know, so you're and, – and people, you know, we, we're craving community for sure, but one thing way deeper than that is the need to feel needed or appreciated. Mm. When someone uh, is given authority to speak or brought into a conversation – you know, a whole bunch of things flood their body chemicals that make them feel like they're appreciated and welcome here and that they've got knowledge and they've got skills and they get to use those. So you can simply just tag people in and say, hey, Jimmy, what's your thoughts yes. on this? Yeah, that's that's a really cool, simple strategy. Do you pay those people? Yeah, the way we've got it set up is um, they still pay their full membership with us and then we pay yeah. them 
as a subcontractor on a monthly basis. Oh, love that. That's nice. That's really like tidy and clean. Yeah. And reason being is like that we can have a conversation to say, hey, is this working? Is it not? Is it this the right time for this anymore or not? Um, and then we can easily just finish up with that and then things just continue on as, you know, a member of our, our program. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's great. Okay. So we really need to be intentional with how we're showing up, the frequency in which we show up um, and the expectations and, and the culture that we're creating. Why do you think, like for someone who is is like, oh, I'm, I'm creating a course, I don't want to have a Facebook group or I don't want to have a community. Why do you think it's important for us to kind of move past that and and why do you think it adds so much value to have a community in your offers? When you do create strong community within your programs, you will decrease churn, meaning the customers leaving you every month and you will increase retention, meaning those that stay with you for longer periods of time. Therefore, you have to work less as hard to get new leads, to sign new clients, to do all of that on the front end. And you build stronger relationships that may even last a lifetime and may even come to serve you in way more ways than you thought ever possible. So that's why I think it's incredibly um, naive to overlook building a community among clients unless you want to be the, the dancing monkey or the dancing bear that is the only person that can ever serve them. Um, to me, that's just a zero-sum game. Like I will tire out and die well and truly before I reach my potential playing that game versus having a community where I'm not the only one that can serve my people on the inside. Other members can serve them and they've got way more expertise in areas than I do. So why wouldn't I want them supporting and adding additional value that clients haven't had to pay for? Yeah, I love that. And I think it takes the pressure off you. I think there's a mental barrier maybe for, for some around, oh, I'm too busy. I'm in too many Facebook groups. My community, they're already in too many Facebook groups or they're already in too many things and just too hard basket. But I think the idea of, well, if you want everyone to channel straight to you forever, <laughs> then, it, then it's yeah, not maybe a fun, you it's don't not a fun, a like five, 10 years down the track. I know, yeah. If totally. you're the one-on-one guy, like go do your do your one-on-one thing. But um, like we know that group coaching is far more powerful than one-on-one. Yes. You know, on our coaching call yesterday, um, we, we were all just riffing on like a topic that came up and I was silent for an, a few minutes. And like, honestly, I just let people, you know, step yeah. into their genius and just coach because, you know, I've got a bunch of people that have got so much genius in there and they just stepped into their role and just took it right on and people came out better for it and I didn't say a word. I'm like, this is what it yeah. looks like. This is the goal. Yeah, and there's such a depth of ex- experience and perspective that you don't get in one-on-one. I, sure. yeah, I'm such a believer in it. Since we moved to group, it's been amazing to see how people have gone, oh, I just really needed, I needed to be in that group call today and I needed to hear that perspective from that person. Totally. Um, even for us, like we have a lot of, we have a lot of mums in our community and, and it's a, like a lot of women who are running a business and they've got kids, they can feel really, you can feel, they can feel quite isolated. And I think it's really nice for them to be able to have conversations with other moms who are doing the thing too, doing the juggle or like all those things. I think it's really, yeah. uh, it's something I would have underestimated the value well, it, of. It normalizes things. Yes. Yeah, it normalizes some of those pains and challenges. Uh, that's one thing I've been thinking about recently is like the reason why it's better to do things together is because you get to normalize some of the stuff that goes on everywhere and mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to control that or it's going to happen often. It's like we just wake up running a business, right? And there's fires to put out every single day. And if you yeah. expect anything differently, then you're going to be you know, greatly disappointed. Uh, yeah. It's going to be way harder. So. That's why I think hearing other people's challenges, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Either my challenge wasn't so bad because theirs sucks. That's pretty (laughs) terrible. Or you're like, oh, right, that's maybe a a challenge that's coming for me or like I can deal with that. They're dealing with it. 
there's help. Yeah. Totally. I, I kind of like that idea of like, well, well, what got you to here won't get you to there. So there's an element of someone else who has had staff and knows how to onboard staff really well or deal with the different things that come with that. It's just so valuable. Like you can't really learn that stuff in a book. Um, I think it's so valuable having uh, someone else's perspective. I was curious though, quickly, when when did you switch to group coaching? That's that Was that quite recent for you? Was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, when did I switch? I switched to group coaching in middle of May last year of 2022. So nice. I'm not even a year in. So you're coming up on that anniversary. I'm coming up on the one year and it's it's been really fun. It's been like switching that juggle of the switching from one-on-one. It's like such a dance of like, okay, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And then you can't take the leap until you take the leap. Like it's like this thing of you just, you've got to do it. And And there was a month where I was like, oh my gosh, where is my money? Like, where's it gone? And then I realized it's because I was in the the weird little in-between of clients coming on for group coaching and one-on-one. I was like, I can't do one-on-one. And so it was this funny um, little seesaw moment. But now it's like we're more profitable than ever. We serve more people in a really like more impactful and meaningful way. So it's just- Clients get more value. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, because my issue was that I kept doing, I was only doing VIP days and I would do a VIP day with a client and then I'd be booked out. So I'd be like, bye-bye, see you later, best of luck, like implementing all this stuff. <laughs> like go forth, I've given you a mountain of things that you can, you know, you've got a strategy, go forth. And then people would come back and be like, can you help me? And I'd be like, I can't. I don't have, I don't have capacity to help you. I, I am <laughs> booked out. I've got nothing. And, I've got nothing. And so then I, that was the necessity for me to move to group because I actually couldn't help people in an effective way. And so that really pushed me to do it. I probably could have stayed in one-on-one for another like 18 months, but I knew that it wouldn't help my clients and there'd probably be a Laura-shaped hole in the wall from doing (laughs) VIP days where I would like get so tired. I'd finish every day and be like, wine, where is the wine? Like I, I just, it's huge. So it was a, it was as much a thing for my clients as it was a thing for me as well. So, um, it's been good. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. Total. No, cool. It's been a cool riff uh, and awesome hearing a bit of your transition there. It's like one of the greatest rewards running a group program is seeing clients meet each other that had no relationship before and just form, you know, like powerful, strong, lifelong friendships outside of business because they both joined one group program together and they had no idea though they were going to meet people that they would actually enjoy doing life with. And so for us, that's just been an amazing joy just to experience uh, as a reward of doing this thing uh, and committing to you know, creating community and building up relationship inside of our program. And do you find that's such a good point? Because we, we've we met through an online community. Like that's how we've, we've totally. become friends. But it's so interesting that sometimes as, and this is me being very real, sometimes as the, when I'm in other people's communities, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this community. Like if they did a face-to-face thing, I'm there. If it's overseas, I'm there. I don't care. I love this community so much. It's like, the best. But then in my own community, I can sometimes um, doubt myself and go, oh, like, you know, people aren't enjoying this or people aren't, what happens if they don't feel connected to each other? Or like, what happens if they're not friends or all these things that you, you kind of forget that actually, if you think about your own experience in other communities, like the things that we think about as the founder and as the like leader in that community versus a passenger in someone else's community. I'm like, are people liking this? Are people engaging? Where's that person? Where have they been? I'm going to call them. Like, where, what are they doing? And it's this funny thing of like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if I'm the only one. Do you find that you feel like that Ryan? Or is that just me? No. (laughs) Do you know why? Do you know why you feel that way? It's simply this. It's because you're a good human who cares. 
Um, and that's what <laughs> separates you from the rest, right? It's because you actually care about people and you lose sleep over them when they haven't been on a coaching call for like one week and you're like, where are they? have they fallen off a cliff? We feel totally. exactly the same way. And yes. um, I think it's a, it's a good seat to be in that you are always wanting to make sure that your people are connected, that they're cared yeah. for, uh, they're being built up and they're getting the, the help that they need. I think only the the good guys have those types of thoughts. So we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, sometimes I think, oh my gosh, no one else is thinking. Is there anyone else stressed about this? Because like, ah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun totally. ride. Um, it's a dance. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I want to know, Ryan. So we've talked about like having community in your paid programs, but I want to know what about having a free Facebook community? Or I know we typically talking about Facebook groups, but what is the, like, what is the value of having a free community as well? Does that help you to build more of your paid community? How does that kind of look? Yeah, this is so good because the, I'll give you the backstory. Um, I don't know what you were doing in like 1999, but that's when I first experienced MSN Messenger (laughs) and my friend got me on the internet and we started like, you know, you'd hop into these chat rooms and you'd talk to somebody and you'd send these three letters and it'd be ASL, which stood for what's your age, sex, and what language do you speak? Like just the most random way to meet people ever. Um, And it blew my mind way back then that you could communicate with someone you didn't know on the other side of the Mm -hmm. world. And from there, as we've seen, you know, we went to MySpace and I was creating content on MySpace and then I resisted Facebook. Yes. And then YouTube came out and then Instagram came out and then Snapchat, I resisted and never signed up for that. And now TikTok's here. And all along, I've, I've tried most of them, bar TikTok and Snapchat, um, you know, LinkedIn, all of the rest. And at most of the points in that journey, I've been selling something. So whether that is attendance to our shows when we were in a band, we were selling tickets, we were selling um, – you know, our music, that type of thing, whether that was selling products in our e-commerce brand, whether that was selling graphic design, whether that was selling my graphic design course, all the way using some form of social media to connect with people on the other side of the world somewhere to buy something. And so that's given me like 20 years runway of testing different things online. And I have never seen anything work as well as a Facebook group for building rapport and trust with an audience, nothing. So the reason why is what I mentioned earlier is like all of the other platforms typically are like one-way streets for content. Mm. You have a topic in mind, you share that thing and people are just there to catch it. But in a Facebook group, there's the ability to have dialogue. You can have arguments, you can debate, you can discuss, you can pull it apart. They can actually see your audience, that is, how you deal with other people in your audience because it's very public Mm. versus an Instagram comment where you're probably not going to sift through and see what other conversations are happening and threads of conversations because the platform's not built for that purpose. So Facebook groups allow you to show up in a different way. It's also private and you get to, uh, you know, lead that group and they get to see how you interact with your audience, not just them. Yeah. Amazing. And is there a strategy for how to, and I know that this is probably a million dollar question, but if you want to like give us a snapshot of how do we create a Facebook community that people want to be part of? Like, does it have to be really niche? Is it all in the name of the group? Should the name be your business name? What are some of the really like, even just like top level things that we need to know before we go out and create a free Facebook group? Yeah, I'll answer those in no particular order. So I wouldn't name your group after your business name. I would name it after the niche slash result that you help your people with. Um, So for example, I wouldn't name it, you know, um, plumbing RS, you know, I'd I'd name it uh, homeowners that need, you know, toilets fixed, you know, something (laughs) along those lines, if you get the point, very random topic. Um, In terms of then getting people to want to join and be a part of that, you need to host something inside there that's valuable and worth their time. So like we were talking about an in-person group, if you think about an event, why would you go to an event to be there in Mm. person? 
It's because you're going to catch something that you wouldn't get online. You're going to meet people that you wouldn't meet in person yeah. um, online, should I say. So I would store, um, I would create a storehouse or a vault of training, of value that you can deliver or give away inside that group. Um, and then also just fill it with some of the best people within the space as well. Get some really awesome people yeah. in there that deliver value and that also people want to be around. Um, so there are a couple of thoughts. Um, what other questions did you have there? I don't know if I answered no, those. No, you totally did. <laughs> at all. I was asking helpful. about the the niche and the name and how to create a community yep. people want to be part of. So I think that that's – and actually, just final question here on the on the free Facebook group. You know, it's one thing to call it a community, but if you've got you and your mum and like three people in there, it's not necessarily like a vibe. How do you kickstart that so that yeah, totally. there's a bit of momentum and energy? Well, fun story. Um, our Facebook accounts just got hacked like two weeks ago and we haven't got them back. Oh. And uh, we lost access to our business page. And um, the hacker, We, you know, you have these thoughts of like, who is the person that's done this to me? Is it someone else in my space? Oh my you know, gosh. but it was just some e-commerce brand that is advertising middle-aged women's hoodies and hats. Uh, that started advertising from our page using our credit card. Oh. Um, but we caught them. Long story short, bank refunded everything. But Facebook haven't got us our account back. So hot tip for everyone listening, you know, get two-factor authentication oh on all of your stuff. Don't give out passwords online clearly. And then also make sure that you've got multiple admins and moderators on pages and groups as well. So where I'm going with this is our group that had 3,500 people in it. We've still got that because we've got multiple admins in it. However, my old profile created and owns the account and we can't kick it out without its consent. And so we haven't got that account back. So it's in threat of just being killed at any split second. And so we've started a brand new profile for myself personally. Yeah. So, you know, 5,000 friend profile, years of contacts and friends and history and content like oh, that we can't man. access pretty much. New account, new Facebook group. So your question as to how you kick that off successfully, um, I'll try and give some sort of tips and strategies. So you want to create the account privately, but make sure it's visible. We talked a little bit about the name. Um, our group, hopefully this is cool, but it's called Conversion Pros. Yeah, that's Love the it. group. That's the purpose to help people convert more clients. It's for coaches, consultants, and course creators. So that's what you'll find in the title if you're if people were searching, you know, Google or YouTube. Think about how they would search for the problem that they've got, or the type of person maybe that they are. Um, then within the group, what we did, or within our old group, um, we did have an email list, which is I think still, and you probably may agree, it's still the number yeah. one thing to be building in 2023. Don't neglect or ignore the email list. Um, we're able to send an email out to that list and say, hey, there's a new group starting. Here's the link. Come and be a part of it. Then within our old group, we were able to actually ask or let people know that we were shutting things down. And if they wanted, they could come join us. So we were leveraging previously built audiences to bring people across now that might transpose for your listeners as to like do they have a contact list in their phone right just their contact list do they have an email list do they have an instagram following subscribers on youtube contacts on linkedin where have you got people and who can you invite to your new group the way you want to invite them is just by sending well ultimately sending them a link not inviting them from inside the group it's a little bit tech talk yeah now but you want them clicking join and then filling out your group questions so we actually had over 100 people waiting to join the group before we opened it so that it wasn't just me mum, and my wife hanging out in there <laughs> yes. you know, like an awkward little party waiting to start gotcha um, That's and then just pre-filling it with you know maybe four or five posts a welcome post that's gonna identify what the group's about and how you're gonna help them yeah um, a few pieces for of content to consume and a couple of pieces that they might be able to or want to raise their hand to hear more about. That was all in there ready to go um, for when we hit accept, people came in and it wasn't just a ghost town. Oh, that's so clever. That's amazing. And I'm so sorry that that happened with your Facebook account. That is, it, it, it's happening Thanks, yeah. a lot. It was, it's happening a lot. So anyone listening- it is. Put on two-factor authentication on your Facebook, like your 
your personal Facebook account, your business, like make sure that you've got multiple admins. On Instagram, Instagram, everything. all the things. Um, we actually use for passwords because we were just, we just had everything kind of hanging out in like, you know, remember my password? I just click that every time because when I lose passwords, it's like, it fills me with a rage that I is really unwarranted, but I get so angry yes. when I can't find my stupid yeah. password. So we use a thing called Dashlane and it's awesome. Um, it uses okay. Face ID on your phone and it uses the uh, fingerprint ID biometric thingy on your MacBook. So it just means that it's like so, so good. So Dashlane is awesome for anyone listening who wants to like level up their password security it's better than we had used LastPass, and that was clunky and not super user friendly so dash lane is quite good and it got breached just in march uh in february LastPass was breached so yeah and our stuff's on LastPass. um but it's pretty wild when people can just target you know the top um based password server Pretty wild. That's crazy. But I'm going to write down Dashlane because we're awesome. looking for solutions. It's really good. It's really good. Um, but yeah, that's a, such a good point to anyone listening. That happened to a client of ours recently. Her, She can't access her Facebook account at all. And Facebook are pretty frustrating, or at least my experience has been that they're a little bit uh, frustrating to deal with, with stuff like that. Hey, yeah, definitely. And question for you, thoughts on Facebook's new pay-to-play uh, subscription service? <gasps> So have you seen that the, the verified situation? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, so to give context to anyone listening, uh, Facebook at the time of this recording, they released this thing where you could pay, it's like $12 a month or something to be verified. I will say it interests me because I have struggled to get verified and I had spam accounts, very like convincing spam accounts, um, created and messaging all my followers saying, I did this thing in crypto and blah, blah, blah. About crypto. (laughs) Every time I'm like, I will never talk to you about crypto ever. Like I'll never, ever talk to you about it. Um, So just, yeah, don't, don't listen to them if they say I'm talking about it. But it does raise the question of if I were verified, I could have shut down the account much sooner, um, which is super important to me because I don't want my audience getting targeted by spammers. So it's fascinating to me. I don't know if I, um, I think it's such a cash grab on their part, but. Yeah, I think it's interesting because one, I don't think for a service that started out to, you know, build contacts and friends across the world and connect the world, you should be paying for security, which is one of the features that they're Ah, offering based on this. It's like, hey, jump on our membership and we'll give you security on your account in terms of all of that stuff. And I I just think, well, that's quite interesting to begin with that you'd have to pay for security on a free software. Uh, And the second piece is that you're expected to give all your government IDs over as well so that they can confirm you. And I'm not a conspiracist by any means, um, but I think in terms of like assessing risk, and applying correct governance within your business. It's interesting when a business is asking for government ID from you uh, and what they might be willing or need to do or want to do with that data. Um, so they're probably my two oh, I didn't pieces realize to, that. for people to chew on before moving forward. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So, and then I think like we were speaking again before off air, you know, so bullish on video still and YouTube podcasts, yeah. um, Insta that Facebook, uh, I'm not connected to any platform. You know, if something pops up, you know, I'll take a look at what's what's happening. But, you know, Facebook does have a diminishing, I guess, audience. It's an aging population, younger population aren't flooding it. So you start to think 10, 20 years, what will it be like? It's quite interesting uh, to sort of go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I think my whole thing with, with Facebook, in particular is I use it for groups and I use it for advertising. And when I say advertising, I mean, I use Facebook ads to run ads across Instagram and Facebook and my ads are to build my email list. So like 
all roads lead to my email list. Totally. That's the whole thing I'm doing. All roads from TikTok or YouTube or whatever, they all lead to my email list because that is like algorithm proof. Um, and yeah, I think it just, it is far more sustainable for your business to do it that way. Totally agree. So we'll ride the, ride the train as long as we can. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Ryan, I know that there's so much more, like, I feel like we've only just kind of scratched the surface with what you, like your amazing zone of genius. Can you tell us where people can follow you, connect with you or like get more resources from you? Cause I know people will want to know more. Totally. Um, it's going to be tricky to find me now on Facebook. There's like three accounts with my name, um, find the one with the least friends, so Ryan Bowles, uh, <laughs> or uh, come out and hang out in our Facebook group, Conversion Pros, and that's probably the two places, or on Instagram, Ryan L. Bowles, and um, definitely be happy and stoked to connect. Incredible. Well, we'll pop the direct, how about we pop the direct links in the show notes so that you can find Ryan. Um, That's a smarter idea. Yeah. <laughs> find Ryan online and check out all of his cool stuff. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure hanging out and talking all things community and marketing and business with you. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, I hope that you found that super, super helpful and practical and make sure that you check out our show notes because we've got some really cool resources in there for you. We've got Ryan's Instagram link. We've also got his Facebook group conversion pros that he spoke about. We've got the direct link in there. So make sure you check that out and join that. I've actually just joined the group as well. So I will see you in there. And keep your eyes peeled in the show notes. We've also got a link to a freebie that Ryan has put together that is called the Group Optimizer. And it's there to help coaches get more leads from their groups. So make sure you check that out. It's in our show notes. As always, we've got all of the resources in there. So make sure you click through, join the group and check out the Group Optimizer as well. Alrighty, my friend, I hope that you feel inspired and ready to create more community in your business, whether that's through your social media, whether that's through your online programs or through a free Facebook group, whatever that looks like. I hope that you feel inspired and ready to take action. Okay. I will see you same time, same place next week, but in the meantime, have a wonderful week and go get them.